once again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC Cast. I am Joel Cookson. Very happy that you've decided to spend a little time, and actually quite a bit of time, with us on for this edition of the CIAC Cast. It's uh, the middle of July, so I thought this would be a fun, uh, fun idea for a little bit of a slow time of the high school sports season. What we're going to do this week, we are going to do a year-in-review of the 2015-16 season by reaching out to a whole bunch of people who cover high school sports uh, for a living. So we've got a huge guest list, each of them. They're only going to answer one or two questions, however. Just the one question we're going to put to them. Basically, what was their favorite memory, moment, story, result, whatever it might be, the thing that kind of stands out to them the most from the 2015 16 high school sports season. So that's what we've got on the agenda this week. It is uh, a jam-packed one. I think this is probably going to clock in at the longest CIC cast ever, so encourage folks to take a few minutes and uh, and maybe split it up into sections. You might have to here. So here's the list. This is the uh, the list of guests we've got. We're not going to uh, timestamp these because, it, frank, quite frankly, it uh, would take me a little bit too long, but these are the folks who are going to join us in this order if you want to skip around and, and try to find your favorite uh, person who covers high school sports. In order, we're going to hear from the following folks. Mike DeMauro of the New London Day, Lori Riley of the Hartford Current, Sean Patrick Boley of New Haven Register, Game Time CT, Mark Jaffe of the Waterbury Republican American, Vicki Fulkerson of the New London Day, Joe Morelli from the New Haven Register and Game Time CT, Joe Palladino of the Waterbury Republican American, Frankie Graziano of CPTV Sports, Tom Yance, Hartford Current, Dave Rudin, therudinreport.com, Mike Fornabio uh, from the Connecticut Post, Joe Zone from WFSB, Mary Albel from Diestat, Eric Dobratz from WTNH, Scott Erickson from the Stamford Advocate, and Jimmy Zanor of the Middletown Press. So that is the list, and let me get out of the way now. We did these interviews in uh, in order in a different order, but then I used the, uh, the website random.org to decide in what order you would hear them on the podcast. So no... Uh, there was no uh, bias involved at all in terms of who comes up when. So uh, we're very excited about this. I really think it'll be a lot of fun kind of reliving. And uh, it's very easy to lose track of some of the great stories from a very full year of high school sports competition. Hope you'll check it out. Hope you'll listen all the way through. Find out your favorite stories. Uh, we're also going to include uh, on the webpage where we have this a, f- a link links to a few of the feature stories that the folks mentioned. I don't think I'm probably going to hit on all of them and probably not going to do the game stories, but a few of the features that get mentioned, uh, I'm going to try and put links up so folks will be able to uh, to read uh, those and kind of relive some of the interesting stories from the past year. With all that said, I wanted to hit on just a few of my own here, since it is, in fact, uh, you know, a CISC podcast. I should be able to do that. Don't want to take too much time before we get to that uh, that huge list of guests but uh, a couple stories that stuck with me, and these are mostly features that, uh, that just popped into my head when reading, thinking back over the past uh, school year. From the Connecticut Post, Brian Kuntz wrote a story uh, in the fall, really uh, one of the first things I remember reading this fall. Great story about Vicki Robinson, who's the team mother for the Bridgeport Central Football Program, has really sort of adopted that program and that school, uh, her and her husband serving as sort of the, the surrogate mom for a lot of those kids at Bridgeport Central. Really was an unbelievable story about, uh, about a family 
family that uh, is really going above and beyond and just trying to help out any way that they can. So encourage folks to check that one out from the uh, Connecticut Post archives. Uh, from the Hartford Current archives, Jeff Jacobs uh, wrote a great column about a state first as Stephanie Marquez and Helen Newman uh, competed at a track and field meet hosted by Canton High School. And uh, that pair became the first wheelchair athletes in state history to compete alongside their able-bodied peers as full members of their team. So a little bit of history made there. Really a wonderful day uh, on the track at that meet hosted by Canton High School. So encourage folks to check out that great story from Jeff Jacobs and the Hartford Current. Really did a, uh, a great job kind of showing what it meant for those two uh, young ladies to be able to compete as part of their teams, not just uh, taking part in the meet, but being part of that unit and scoring points for their team at that track meet. So hope folks will check that out. And then uh, one, this is sort of a, a general thing, but one that was just stuck with me as I was thinking back over the high school sports season. Obviously, championship celebrations are always one of uh, kind of our favorite things. It's always, you know, we obviously host the, the championships, and uh, and that's a big part of the season. It's a, the culminating event for the fall and winter and spring and those long seasons to get to that championships and love seeing those celebrations. But one thing that stuck in my mind was actually a photo taken by Justin Weeks of the Meriden Record Journal, and that was of Platt volleyball player Gabriela Vazquez, who just uh, in tears after being named the MVP and winning the Class L volleyball title for Platt. Just so much emotion on her face, and I think really uh, encapsulated uh, everything that uh, we sort of love about high school sports and the high school sports championships. So that uh, those were just a few of my favorites. Hope you'll check that out, and I will include the links to those feature stories uh, in, in what I mentioned as, I'll in, as part of the post on CICsports.com. Very quickly now, because again, I do want to get to our guest, but we did open this up. I sent out uh, a message on the uh, CIC Twitter account, which really, if you're not following us on Twitter, at CIC Sports, I'm not sure what I can do for you here. Uh, you really should uh, join in with all of your friends uh, are doing it, uh, not to... Uh, to get too much peer pressure, but we do have over 43,000 folks, most of whom we hope aren't uh, just spam bots. But uh, we we sent it out on Twitter. What were some of our Twitter followers' favorite moments from uh, from the past year? Favorite games, favorite moments, etc. Uh, Dave Masto at Masto underscore Dave. He pointed out Ray Bartoli hitting a walk off home run for Wolcott's uh, first baseball championship. Certainly one that came up uh, recently and was a very big uh, very big moment for that young man. Pete Paguaga of the Meriden Record Journal and sometimes uh, CIC cast guest mentioned the uh, the Staples Greenwich football game on Thanksgiving Day. Staples gets into the postseason with a two point conversion stop at the end of that contest. That's certainly worth uh, worth mentioning. Chad Richardson at Chad 098. That's Chad with two D's. He pointed out uh, the St. Paul Catholic baseball team winning its first title in 40 years. Certainly another big story from the spring season. We had uh, two folks, Neil Swanchak at Charmers Coach and Rhonda Geffert at Geff43, both noting Seymour's run to a Class M softball championship and thought that that should be mentioned. Jenny Ames at Jenny Ames 211 pointed out that Eric Vanderels of Brian McMahon running a 408. That's a new meet record at the State Open in the 1600 was something that we should point out. Buff Jones at Buff 1414. He was a big fan of the scene on the North Haven sidelines with Coach Russo during the Class L football final. That's certainly that game, one of the highlight, one of the championship game highlights of, of 
the fall season, that class, class L final between North Haven and New Canaan, which turned out to be just a phenomenal game. Uh, Michael Fahey, Michael, or excuse me, Michael Fahey, F-A-H-E-Y, at Michael Fahey 2, and Derek Turner, a sometimes uh, CIC, CIC cast guest from uh, Game Time CT. They both mentioned the very wild Connard Glastonbury football game from the fall with uh, Connard rallying and then Keon Dixon ultimately winning it for Glastonbury with a late touchdown. Dev De Niro of uh, uh, at Malcolm4 underscore 32 highlighted the crazy FCAC basketball quarterfinal between Fairfield Ward and Wilton. Not too familiar with that one, but it's one that he thought uh, deserved to be mentioned. Flynn White at Flynn White, the number one. Uh, and he also has a picture of the wire in his uh, profile, which is uh, certainly uh, shows he's got good taste. Farmington, uh, Farmington's Evan Hughes earning a spot on SportsCenter's top 10 with his spectacular boys' soccer goal against Simsbury in the fall. Like to see that. Got a lot of spring things. I think it's easier to uh, to remember those things from the spring. Uh, and speaking of which, Lucy Liu at In the Moment 1358, she wanted to talk about Notre Dame Fairfield softball's run to the title game in Class S. It's first time since the mid-'80s, highlighted by their... Their, uh, thrilling semifinal comeback. So that was uh, one. We do get a lot of a uh, little bit of bias in some of these, perhaps things that uh, were were important to certain individuals, such as uh, the West Hill at Viking Country account uh, liked the West Hill Stanford Co-op winning the Division Three boys hockey title on Nick Rich's goal. Uh, similarly, Bradley Weinstein at Dr. B. Weinstein, he thought the Fairfield Ward Ludlow Co-op winning the Division II hockey title in overtime should have been a highlight. Uh, Rick Wilson of the Waterbury Republican American at Scribe Wilson, he thought the run for the Thomastown girls uh, athletic programs over the past few years, and this is one that actually will get mentioned uh, by one of our, our folks coming up here in their interviews, Thomaston girls, two basketball titles, one in field hockey and one in softball over the past four years and several other trips to finals uh, in a variety of sports there for that impressive uh, impressive group of female athletes uh, for a very small school to reach that kind of success has been spectacular. Gabrielle Aitchinson at GLA Aitchinson. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. Canton uh, winning titles in girls lacrosse and basketball along with having three 1,000-point scores in basketball. That's quite a year for them. And then finally, we heard from the uh, the Harding Presidents at WHHS Presidents uh, Twitter account. They wanted to point out their team, uh, their football team's 10-0 season, reaching the playoffs for the first time since 1973, and a second straight Class L wrestling title for Xavier Bass among the uh, the highlights from this past year. So those are all great suggestions. We appreciate the uh, the listener feedback and the listener participation on Twitter. Again, follow us on Twitter at CIC Sports. We're not going to do our things you, you might have missed uh, because this is already long enough intro and we have a lot to get to here with 16 guests coming up. Uh, so let's get right to it, actually. But first, as always, I've got to send along that message from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. Look, uh, this is going to take you several car rides to get through this podcast, so just press play on your phone, on your mobile device, and then put the phone away. Distracted driving is incredibly dangerous. You're uh, you're driving around. You're not paying attention to what you're doing. Please do not do it. Keep the phone parked away. One text or call could wreck it all. It is not worth it. We don't need to see any tragedies with uh, with with folks texting and driving or distracted driving uh, on the roads in Connecticut uh, this summer heading into uh, to the school year. So please remember 
keep the phone parked away when you're behind the wheel. All of that said, let's get to our huge list of guests. As I said, we're going to start off with Mike DeMauro of the New London Day. None of my little intros and outros here uh, connecting each of our guests. We're just going to run right through them. So you'll hear one guest run right into the next guest here on the CIC cast. Again, thanks to all of them for joining us. Really had a lot of fun talking to these folks. Let's hear what they had to say about the highlights of the 2015-16 high school sports season. On with us now and starting things off with our uh, our recap of the high school sports season is Mike DeMauro of the New London Day, who writes uh, does a great job covering high school sports, among other things. In fact, uh, not related to high school sports, but I just mentioned to him you should check out his column in uh, the New London Day that uh, went live this morning, a great piece kind of about uh, all the, the unpleasant things, unfortunately, that have been happening around the country. So not really related to high school sports, but wanted to get that in there. Mike, thanks for being with us. Uh, love to be here, Joe. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So want to uh, get it started here and, and start the conversation about uh, about the year 2015-16 in high school sports. So uh, we'll, we'll give you just one question and let you uh, let you turn loose with it here. And that's uh, what are some of the maybe one or two of the stories or games or moments that uh, that really stand out to you sort of when you think back to the 2015-16 high school sports season? Well, there was one there was one particular game, Joel, that sticks out for me. It was a, a basketball game uh, late in February, and um, uh, a division championship was on the, the line in mm-hmm. the ECC. Yep. And the game, uh, the game was uh, the game was uh, Stonington at uh, Waterford, and if Waterford won, uh, they would win a part of an ECC championship for the second time in 40 years. Okay. So Waterford was down uh, by a point with two seconds left, and Stonington was at the free throw line. So you figure the game's over. Right. Except that it was a, 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 it was a, a, a one-and-one, and the and a Stonington kid actually stepped into the lane too fast, mm-hmm. so it was a, a violation, and Waterford got the ball back. So you figure, well, maybe there's hope, but right. they're still going to have to. This is still this is still a long shot. Yeah. So they run a play where they get <clears throat> uh, one of their their seniors, Kevin Johnson. Uh, they they get him the ball at midcourt, and they set a good enough screen for him where he's kind of going to the the basket as he catches it. Right. So he he catches the ball, sets his feet, takes a dribble, and makes the half court shot. Oh man! To win the game, <laughs> and everybody pours out of the stands, and it was a really great scene and it was the third time of the year that that, that Waterford won uh, uh, on a buzzer beater oh my goodness and the seventh time in the last three years that they had done it it's uncanny yeah. Joel, because you because you thought at this at this you know because you thought listen they can't keep doing this right eventually it, it it's going to catch up to them yeah. except that it didn't <laughs> And uh, it was just, I mean, just the, 
to go to see the the looks on their on their faces, like I can't believe we're going to lose this game. To just the 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 joy at the at the end. Yeah. You know, I left the I left the, the gym that night going. You know, this is why we do we do what we do. Right. Because it's too much. I mean, just the raw emotion of high school sports are just are like nothing else. Yep. No, no doubt. It is, uh, and yeah, you do. You never know what what night you're going to see it necessarily, and uh, and yeah. that something like that's going to happen. And uh, and with so many games across the state, you know, particularly during the regular season, yeah, it can be can be any uh, random Tuesday night that you see something that uh, you that's can't right. believe. Yeah. So uh, that that certainly was one I remember. Yeah, kind of the just following that online and and sort of the just unbelievable like wow they did it again it happened again kind of uh kind of vibe and uh, and as you said all the excitement so certainly that uh that was definitely worth uh, worth remembering and the the emotion behind it as you said worth uh worth recognizing anything else that comes to mind for you no i mean just you know i i of course you know joe i just i really enjoy the, the basketball finals at the sun mm-hmm. just a, a great venue and you know just the looks on the kids Faces when they walk out of the tunnel into the arena, you know they're 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 playing in this pro venue. Yep. And they're all they're all. I mean, it's just you know, it's like I can't believe I'm actually here. Yeah. Kind of thing, and that's always a a, a great weekend for me. I mean, I, I go even when teams that I don't I don't normally cover are playing just because that's uh, just. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt. That's certainly uh, always obviously a highlight for us as well. So, Mike, we uh, yeah. appreciate you taking a few minutes to, to relive some of this stuff for us. We're going to get on the phone with a lot of different folks, but wanted to uh, to make sure we checked in with you and, and get your perspective on uh, on some memorable moments from the past year. So we appreciate it. Thank and, you, Joe. Uh, enjoy the rest of your summer. You too. Chatting now with Lori Riley of the Hartford Current, who does such a great job covering high school sports, uh, among other things, throughout the year, and always happy to have her with us. Lori, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So we're uh, looking back now, trying to get the perspective uh, of all the good folks who cover high school sports throughout the uh, throughout the year, and we're trying to look back and remember some of the uh, jog our memories and remember some of the great stories and great moments from the 2015-16 season. I know you uh, you saw a lot of games, covered a lot of things, wrote a lot of stories. What were some of the ones uh, that really stood out to you when you kind of look back at the 2015-16 high school sports season? Um, well, the one, I guess, that we um – just finished, which was last month, it seems like a really long time ago, was um, the Southington softball story that we we had followed Southington um, through the season. We went to their first game, and then pretty much every week we were there um, at their, myself and a photographer mm-hmm. were there um, at every game, and we had made the decision to cover them through the season because um, of their win streak starting the season, and um we thought it would be kind of dramatic, you know, what would what would happen? Would they they played Fitch on right. their, you know, the the day that they would have tied the state uh, win streak, which was I think seventy seven games. Mm-hmm. Was it seventy six? Seventy seven games, yeah. yeah. Um, so w- we decided that would be good, and of course um, there was the backstory with um, Davina Hernandez and uh, the coach who has lupus. Um, and I've, we've touched on it before. We've written about it a little bit before, but we never really chronicled how she really dealt with the disease and how um, 
it affected her, you know, as a coach and yeah. as, um, you know, in her, in her daily life. And it was, the one thing I didn't get to do with her is I didn't really get to spend a day with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have liked to do that because she, she's just, she's just running all over the place. She has her job and softball and this and that. And she, she's a, um, speech, I think she's a speech therapist. She, uh, is a speech, I think, pathologist, and she. So she does her work, and then she goes to the softball practice or softball game, and then she does, sees more clients after after she practices or has a game. So right. her day is like full, and I don't know how she does it with lupus. <laughs> I mean, on top of it, it's just it's like a really busy schedule. Yeah. So you know, watching her go, th- and she's she's young and. Um, but she's a great coach, and it, it was just really interesting to see her interact with her players and how they dealt with the losing, you know, when they lost uh, the winning streak and when they did lose right. um, to Fitch, and then when they lost in the semifinals. And the kid, you know, they all, the story that I wrote was about perspective in yeah. life and how people can get caught up with winning and losing, and, you know, as we all do, and as you know, coaches and athletes and parents and fans do, but there's really this bigger thing out there that is life and people have to, you know, learn that. And that's kind of what she was teaching her kids. And they were, they had a great perspective on, you know, I would never think I could talk to kids after, and I, you know, I knew these kids a little bit, but I didn't really know them that well, but they, they, they 77 win, or 76, they, their win streak stopped at 76 games, one short of the state record, right. and they all, you know, there were kids talking to me, and they were fine with it, and, you know, it wasn't the end of the world, and life went on, and, you know, it was really, uh, it was, it was interesting to see that, so that was, that and then they obviously too not just the lupus but they had they had a um, teammate uh, die last year in a car accident right. and that was obviously something that they had you know um, so that gave them perspective too not not good perspective you know right. but um, it it you know it really they learned a lot of life lessons I would say the last three years and, or four years and that the seniors on that team and they weren't all about winning softball games so so that was really interesting. Um, thing to see yeah no it really was a, 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 a that's team had so much going on as you said uh with with all the, the different facets and uh it was great to see you know we've talked i'm sure before on the podcast but uh i know we talk a lot in in our office that it's you know the the kids seem to always have this maybe not always but a lot of times seem to have things in better perspective than uh than some of the adults uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. surrounding high school sports so it's <clears> great to <throat> as you said, see that perspective. And, and as you say, you know, we're only, we obviously uh, are involved in championships. Everyone's involved in championships, but it's uh, only a couple of the teams that are actually going to win those. So everyone else is going to kind of have to deal with the, the, the coming up short uh, of it all and, and getting that perspective. So it was, it was a, a great story reading through and, and kind of seeing how, how these kids who have had so much success uh, also were able to, to deal with the, the failures of, uh, of not winning a state championship or right, setting that right. record. So, Really was an excellent story, so uh, we Thank appreciate you. it, and uh, that was a good one, and uh, we know there will be many more good ones coming up uh, in, in the fall and, and going forward from Lori Riley, so we always are grateful when she takes a few minutes to chat with us, Lori. Thank you. Thank you. We have with us now Sean Patrick Boley of the New Haven Register and the overseer of Game Time CT, the uh, great high school sports website that they run. Sean, as always, we uh, appreciate you joining us. Hey, Joel. Thanks a lot. 
very happy to have him along with us here. And uh, as the the uh, overlord of Game Time CT uh, sees a lot of great stories over the the course of the year, they do a great job reporting on high school sports uh, throughout the state. So Sean, we'll ask you the question: whether it's uh, something you wrote, something that uh, someone else wrote, something that uh, a particular game that you saw. But uh, what are, from your perspective, were some of the highlights or, or things that really stuck out to you uh, looking at the 2015-16 high school sports season? Well, uh, let me just start off by saying being a football guy, uh, I'm very, very pleased to see us go back to four champions. I thought that was that went really well, and uh, we had some really great tournaments. I know last the year before uh, was, was, you know, everyone said how great the games were, and, and the, like, we had eight champions, and, you know, I was all against that, and I was glad to see us get back to that, and we actually, we actually we did see some great tournament games, and uh, you know I thought it was a really good football season overall. Uh, you know, nice to see Darian and and uh, and Kanan, you know, at, at the top of their perch um, with some great teams, and uh, you know, down at the lower levels, you know, you saw Antonio get knocked off at Bloomfield, and you saw that great game between the SWC rivals, uh, Brookfield and New Fairfield, all that. So that was that was great. I mean, overall, uh, you know, I thought it was a pretty even. Uh, high school season. Um, you know, we just did uh, on Game Time CT. Um, we are, if it's not published yet, it will be soon. We, we basically did a breakdown of all the champions from each of the, uh, from each of, you know, breakdown by school and mm-hmm. breakdown by division. And uh, what what we found out is this year that Gary Ann, as, as for as much success that it had, and it had an incredible success this year. I mean, it won all the pretty much all the major sports. It won boys across, girls across, boys hockey, and football, and it also won a class L girls title. They have five titles overall, uh, but it wasn't good enough to topple New Canaan or their other FCX rival, Greenwich. Greenwich was on the strength of the swim teams, which were are continue to be amazing. Um, Greenwich took home seven titles this year: mm-hmm. uh, boys swimming, girls swimming, and they also had a great gymnastics season, a girls golf title. And uh, a boys tennis title, I, I, I think. So uh, you know they were great. New Canaan right there behind them at six titles. Um, they won field hockey. They won football. They won a boys swimming class L, boys across, girls across, and class N, and boys tennis and, and L. And uh, you know that it just goes to the show the, the strength of the state very much in in those uh, schools in the FCX of top three schools, Darian. Um, with five towns behind uh, New Canaan and Grants, and I'm sure the, the rivalry will continue with those those schools. But, you know, we did see some, I mean, as much as, like, the FCX dominated in, in things like football and swimming, excuse me, and, uh, and lacrosse, you know, we did see the CCC pretty much dominate in, like, the soccer um, and things like that. Um, you know, uh, you know, overall, I thought the, all the tournaments were pretty, pretty much great and, uh, some of the best stories of the year, I mean, uh, the first one that really pops into my mind is, um, there were a couple of them, but, but the first one that really pops into my mind was the Doug Caliendo story from Notre Dame West Haven. Uh, yep. It, yeah, his father, they, his father had been dying of cancer throughout the season, and, and the hockey community, all of them pretty much had rallied around him, um, you know, I, uh, led by the, the Connecticut Hockey account, which is run by Luke DeVoe. Um, they were really there trying to, you know, get, they were creating a, a, a lot of a, a, of awareness of, of cancer and, and what his father was going through. And then that, that, that heartbreaking, but also at the same time, uplifting day, uh, just hours after his father finally passed, um, 
Caliendo went out there. He said he was going to play with his teammates, and he went out there and scored the game-winning goal and overtime to beat Boston's Catholic. And, uh, it was a wonderful, you know, uplifting, you know, triumph over tragedy uh, type of thing. And, and it was such a great uplifting story. It resonated state, uh, excuse me, resonated nationally, especially among uh, the hockey folks. Uh, I thought that was a tremendous story. I mean, we, we saw a lot of a lot of great moments like that yep. um, throughout the season. That one really resonated. Uh, getting on, getting back onto the field a little bit. I mean, we just completed uh, the, uh, the the spring season, and you know, a lot of the you know, Bamity wins its fourth straight class double L title, which I know, being a graduate makes me immensely proud. I'm very happy <laughs> for that. I mean, you know, I remember when South Pola first started. As a coach, he it was like senior year in high school, and you know I can't believe it's been that much time. And he's been there since 1994, uh, uh, which was my graduating year. And he was like one of the first coaches I interviewed when I was a kid. Um, you know, I'm like, geez, coach, how, you know, he's not that old. And I'm like, <laughs> asking, well, how old were you when you uh, when you started that job? You know, because at the time I thought every adult was you know old. You know right. what I mean? But as an 18 year old. And it turns out he was only 23 years old when Andy started. And, uh, wow. Yeah, his program has uh, just set the bar so far ahead of everybody else. And to win 20 straight tournament games and win four straight titles is just a mind-boggling thing in a single elimination tournament, which in baseball is kind of, you know, I've, I've always said, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of a single limited baseball, but I don't know how else to do it. You know, give it time to have it. So, you know, for them to, to, to do that, you know, you see some great teams. They just maybe they just don't have it for one day in baseball. All it takes is an error or, or you know, one pitch in the wrong spot, and, and you're losing. And they have not they they haven't lost. And that was another great moment in their their championship victory, which did end in kind of like a downer, it was a walk off walk, which was kind of you know eh, you know not a great way to end the championship. Not like Wilkit the, the night before her. Yeah, the night before Wilkit had won on a walk off home run. Yeah, which incidentally, Sal. Works at Wilkins, so they got two state championship coaches, and that's <laughs> cool in baseball, which is great. But um, a, another great moment was that Amity got everything it, it, it could handle from Fairfield Ward in that in that baseball state championship. I thought it was great. Um, and uh, the big moment, obviously, was uh, Giacomo Brancato's three run home run to tie that game late in the late innings, I believe it was the sixth inning or, or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and speaking about cancer survivors, and he is certainly one of them last year. Everyone was kind of hitched on his his story about he had uh, not Hoskins lymphoma and he had to give up playing basketball about mid season and he missed his entire baseball season and he uh, you know he he did the, the CT challenge bike race and a lot of awareness uh, um, you know a lot of awareness was drummed up for him um, and he amazingly you know you think that someone would cripple like that and you want to you know just work he just worked to get healthy and he did and. He didn't just work to get healthy, he worked to get back into playing shape. And, and he came back, he was an all SDAC performer in basketball, which is incredible in and of itself. Um, and then he goes on to the baseball season. It took him a little bit, a while to get going. But once he did, you know, to, to have a point moment where he gets a three run home run, where a year ago he was in a hospital, you know, with sores all over his mouth and yeah. reacting to a lot of the medicine. I thought that was an amazing moment for, uh, for the Spearfield Ward. And, you know, they didn't win the championship, but you know, I, I wrote in a column there that, that they were still champions, and he was especially still a champion. Uh, it was a tremendous moment for them and their program and, and for him. So those are some of the ones that, that stick out. And we had some crazier stuff, but uh, 
you know, I always love those triumphs over tragedy type of moments. But, you know, just really kind of, in, uh, in, how, how do I say it? it, really kind of exemplifies the, you know, the fighting spirit of athletics and what, it, what really sports is all about. Yeah, no question. I know. Uh, I know. I certainly enjoyed uh, that piece that you wrote, and uh, and it was really just a poignant, uh, poignant moment. Even if they didn't uh, and ultimately win the state championship, he certainly had uh, had come through in a way that uh, hopefully he'll never forget. And uh, I'm sure his team and uh, his teammates and fans won't forget either. So, Sean, we yeah, uh, we got, know you do. I got, uh, I got chills in that moment. I mean, I literally because I, I went in, I was like, wow, what a story this kid is. I even told our columnist, I mean, like, what a story he is. And, you know, it's almost like even if they lose, he's worth writing about. And I go, imagine if this kid just saw what the kid from Wilkett did last night <laughs> win the game with a walk-off home run. Yep. And sure enough, it, like, almost happened. You know, it was, like, almost there. And I'm like, I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, well, I'm doing, I'm doing something on this. This is – people need to know. But I don't think people really knew too much. I mean, I'm sure the people who knew of him and Christian – people in Fairfield who knew of them, yep. uh, knew the story, but I don't know about statewide, about how people really, uh, you know, and that, how big a moment that was. And, um, yeah, so that was, you know, that, that, it's up there with Caliente's goal, no, no, no question. Um, and those are the things, like, you know, why we, we follow these Yeah, absolutely. Why we follow these athletes. It's not really about the, the wins or losses, it's just those moments like that at a point. You know, it keeps me going and keeps me, you know, in awe of the young men and women who uh, who, who play high school athletics and, and go on and do greater things. No question about it. So we uh, and we're happy to uh, to have this chance to to look back a little bit and remember all that good stuff from uh, from the past year. So Sean, we know you're uh, keeping tabs on things and you're gearing up for football season that uh, will be here before we know it. But appreciate <laughs> you helping us uh, look back a little bit before we start looking forward. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Joel. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Very happy to be joined now by Mark Jaffe of the Republican American, and Mark always loves a good story, so wanted to uh, to reach out to him and get his uh, perspective on some of the best things that he covered this past year. Mark, how are you? Hi, good to see you, speak to you. Um, you know, the, it, it's been a while, but I think the one story that uh, had uh, probably the most play on our website and also the most talked about story I've done uh, in many years was. Um, Back when in Sonia quarterback uh, Jake Palmieri got injured in a preseason scrimmage, mm-hmm. um, I didn't do the story about him as much as I did it about the people around him. And it was his two best friends who didn't come from Aunt Sonia, which is kind of interesting. Uh, one from Seymour, Jake Blue, and his other friend Ricky Bartone from Derby, who's probably had the most uh, one of the best seasons uh, statewide uh, that you could have in the football field. Mm-hmm. But it was about here, two of his friends kind of reaching out to, to Jake Palmieri and just helping him uh, deal with an injury, not so much for the first time, but the second time, because it was the second year in a row he had a injury, an uh, uh, ACL injury, and uh, the second one was on his other leg, so he had to deal with that. But it was really interesting because uh, when I found out about it, it was the middle of the week, and uh, I got a phone call from Tom Brockett, um, uh, pretty emotional mm-hmm. uh, phone call from him. And I wrote, wrote about Tommy when he was a high school athlete, so we've known each other a long time. And uh, Tommy said, uh, what can you do? And I said, if uh, Jake shows up to school tomorrow, this was on a Thursday, if he shows up on Friday, have him give me a call. And I just happened to be in the office. The phone rings about 10 o'clock in the morning. 
And uh, sure enough, it was Jake filling me in on what was going on. Right. And I said, what are you doing at school today? You know, you just got this terrible news uh, the day before from the doctor. And he said, well, I had uh, calculus work I had to do. <laughs> so um, it shows you the character of the kid and the, the, the studious uh, nature of the kid. Yeah. Um, and I, I knew that he was going to be okay. You know, within a week's time, he had surgery. The story came out the, the day that he had the surgery. Uh, I think one of his friends contacted me the next day or that night and said that uh, that he already checked in with him at the hospital and he was doing okay. Um, and, you know, I think what it, what it boils down to is, you know, he his team went to the state championship game two years in a row. Right. He could have been a major player both of those years, uh, certainly on defense and uh, definitely this year as a quarterback, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I saw him about a week and a half ago at a coffee shop, you know, just by sheer coincidence. And the kid is doing great. Uh, you know, championships are great, but people are rallying around you when you need it the most is, I think, really important. And I think this story set the, you know, set it up. I think you put on your website uh, one of the link uh, stories yep. right away when it came out. And like I said, it was really, you know, very much talked about and, and uh, you know, something I'm real proud of because one of my friends, close friends, saw the story and he said, uh, 30 years from now, these kids are going to be high-fiving each other and talking about how great of relationships they have. And, you know, it's more than just about a game. No doubt. Yeah, it was really, uh, it was, and it was one that, you know, even as you said, kind of on a down note, but uh, but got our season off to a good start with that uh, that great story about uh, kids kind of backing each other up and, and being on each other's side. So, Mark, we, uh, we, we appreciate it. Folks should go check out that story uh, in the archives there at the uh, Republican American, or uh, as Mark mentioned, it was included in a, uh, a CIAC linked up, so they can check it out any of those places. And, uh, Mark, we'll look forward to more uh, great stories from you coming up for the, uh, the coming year. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Joel. Talking now with Vicki Fulkerson of the New London Day, who does such a great job covering high school sports for them. Vicki, thanks as always for being with us. Thank you, Joel. So uh, we've got one question for you. It's the question we've been asking everybody here, trying to get a broad, uh, broad spectrum of, of thoughts on the, the past high school sports season. Vicki, what are maybe one or two uh, stories or moments or games that really stand out to you from this past year? Um, I, I think that this past season, something that I was thinking about, um, which I, I never really got to write about and tie together, but I really uh, thought about it a lot, was um, a couple situations where I saw kids just come through in big situations, mm-hmm. and and it, it struck me that um, these like normal high school kids that get up at six o'clock in the morning and go to school and take science, you know, they're not professionals, and they have the, the these kids have the capability to come through in these situations. And I have a couple quick examples. One was um, the ECC softball championship game. Fitch, as you know, went undefeated and. Uh, finished number one in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, Fitch was playing in the in the ECC championship game against NFA, and they were losing one to nothing. Fitch was losing one to nothing going to the bottom of the seventh inning. There were two outs, and the girl who was up to bat, Mackenzie Aldrich, is a senior, and she plays left field, but she had been DH'd for all season because she wasn't one of their better hitters. And she had only had one or two at bats the whole season before that. So we were like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, you kind of write the story in your head, like, oh, Fitch upset. You right. know? And uh, she comes up with two outs down one to nothing in the seventh inning, and she 
hits a triple down the right field line that ended up they ended up winning the game two to one. But that started a two out rally, and uh, so that was kind of you know a, a great moment. And then sure. not long after that, the um, our uh, Ledger senior um, who ended up being our athlete of the year for outdoor track. Her name is Megan Brunner. She's mm-hmm. going to Central to run. And uh, she was running in the Class Double M championship at uh, Middletown, and she was the defending champion in the 800. But after the 1600, it was really hot that day, yep. and she kind of collapsed, and she was, like, laying on the track, kind of, like, crying <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not feeling very uh, well. And all of a sudden, she gets up, and the 800 was less than an hour later, and she got up and won. And... It, it, I, I guess just um, you know, like, like these are really uh, good, good, um, humble. You know, Mackenzie, uh, the the Fitch Fitch's um, Mackenzie. Um, she just grew, grew up with all those kids playing softball, and uh, as the coach Ariel Cooper said, like she wasn't sitting around moping that she wasn't hitting. She was still a a teammate, a true teammate, and a true leader, even though. You know, she ha- didn't have the exact same role, you know, that she probably would have liked, but right. she was still, you know, out there playing for her team. And uh, Me- Megan, who I've gotten to know, is so humble and so sportsmanlike that kids on other teams root for her. So it's it's just uh, two really genuine kids. And I know I know what it's like to play high school sports, and I was pretty great at not coming through in the clutch. So. <laughs> I guess it's so impressive to see the way that they came through in those moments and and shined for themselves and for their schools and um, th- those are the things that kind of make me happy to do what I do. I guess. <laughs> Absolutely, no, that's uh, that's wonderful stuff. And uh, as you said, you know the the kids who who find their moments, they don't know when they're coming, but uh, they they step into them when they happen. That's great stuff, Vicky. And yeah. uh, we we always love hearing from you and hearing uh, the great perspective that you bring and uh, doing such a great job keeping track of all those kids out in the eastern part of the state. So enjoy your summer and uh, and thanks for uh, bringing back those memories for us. We appreciate it. All right, thank you, Joe. Talk to you in the fall. On the phone with Joe Morelli of the New Haven Register, who always uh, has plenty of stories that he's covering over the, the course of the past year and, and plenty to uh, to say about them. Joe, thanks for being with us. My pleasure, Joe. All right, so uh, it's it's a simple question, uh, and uh, give us your answer here. Your, uh, your most memorable stories, moments, games, plays, whatever it might be from uh, the past school year in high school sports. What, uh, what stands out to you? Well, there's so many to choose from, even from ones I didn't see, like... I mean, for instance, the Amity baseball team winning their fourth straight Class Double State championship. They ran the table at number one in our poll, weekly poll, mm-hmm. start to finish. As you know, in baseball, even when you lose, and they lost the one game to Cheshire. It's very hard to do that. Yeah. But they were by far the best team in the state, even though they only edged Fairfield Ward by well, 1-1, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. It, but they were the best team. I mean, to win four straight titles in the top division, it's a very hard thing to do. And that's an amazing accomplishment. On the other side, you have Cheshire softball team winning their first SEC championship, winning their first Class Double State championship in, in, in a league where it's very, very competitive. Yeah, and, and that says a lot about Cheshire. And, and to go undef- uh, to go undefeated, and obviously, you know, in a, in a division that had Sullington that had won seventy something games in a row, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's a great accomplishment. Uh, a couple things I saw. Uh, I mean, on 
in, in golf and in the Division One final up at the Tallwood. You had two teams that were not among the favorites, tying for first place in Xavier and Simsbury, and then having a three-hole playoff, and then Simsbury prevailing over Xavier. And, and Ed Lynch's final match as a head coach for over 30 years, 35 yep. years I believe it is, uh, a man who was a, he's a board commissioner in basketball for the referees. He's one of the nicest gentlemen you'll ever meet. To go out with a state championship is a pretty nice accomplishment. Absolutely. Uh, and in basketball, another team that ran the table, uh, Sacred Heart, uh, ran. They were number one basically for two years. Mm-hmm. They've been number one uh, without fail from preseason of 2014 until this final poll. They have not been on the number one spot. They've won three straight championships in a row, two in S, one in M. I mean, that's an incredible accomplishment uh, in itself. And obviously, if you want to pick, I mean, I. One game that stands out more so because of its longevity was the Class Double State Championship game in boys basketball between mm-hmm. Weaver and Hillhouse. Uh, the two teams had met in December, and, and Weaver was the more experienced and the better team. They won by over twenty, uh, and Hillhouse got share of revenge in the uh, state state final. And what will probably most be remembered for the fact that a lot of people fall out of the game, and Hillhouse with its depth and the number of people that can throw at you off the bench, they show that how important it is to have that kind of depth because once uh, Weaver's star players filed out, they had nobody they can go to, and he also was able to prevail in, in I believe, double overtime to win double L. Yeah. Know, and finish number two behind Sacred Heart. So though, that memory stands out because, it, it, I mean, Hillhouse, they win their 23rd state championship. They were, at least in my mind, weren't expected to. I mean, they, Hillhouse will always expect to play well and win in March. That's just the, their mentality. I still, to this day, would still pick Weaver over Hill House, but Hill House prevailed, and, you know, with every, almost everybody back, they might be the number one team going in the next year. Absolutely. Nope. All uh, all memorable, and I know, actually, yeah, definitely uh, put a, a a big cap on a, a good basketball championship weekend uh, to end with that uh, the drama of that double overtime game and, uh, right. and all the others that you mentioned as well. So lots of good... Uh, Lots of good stories that uh, Joe Morelli was either uh, in the office getting the uh, the stories as they came in, or actually out in person uh, getting the reports on them. So, Joe, we uh, we look forward to more good stuff from you going forward, and uh, enjoy your summer. Thank you very much. Have with us now Joe Palladino of the Waterbury Republican American. Always want to reach out to Joe and get his perspective on things. Uh, always uh, has some great stories for us. So, Joe, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you very much. And he's uh, multitasking as we talk, making himself some breakfast. So that's how talented a, a gentleman we're dealing with here. But we wanted to uh, to get in touch with him and say uh, the question that we've been asking all of our folks from the past year, the 2015-16 uh, school year, was uh, a lot of great things happened over the course of the year. But, Joe, what sort of stands out to you as maybe the big one or two things, whether it's a game or a story or a moment that really kind of encapsulated the year or uh, – or st- stands out to you as sort of the big story for you from the past year? You know, Joel, when you first uh, brought this up to me, I immediately go into panic mode <laughs> because I, I could barely remember last week. Sure. You know, and, 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 and I, I struggled with this for like a couple of hours. I'm thinking, you know, I always want to chip in with Joel. What, what, what should I say? And the reason it was a struggle is because I didn't want to just go straight to the obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, but, let's, but there's, there's a couple of very obvious things. And one... The true joy that I had for the past three seasons, 
culminating this year, of watching, you know, one of the great basketball teams you've ever had from the city, and that's Sacred Heart High School. Right. Uh, three successive state championships, and the player that everyone seems to think right now is the greatest player we've ever seen from Waterbury, uh, Mustafa Heron. So mm-hmm. that was as much fun, because our neck of the woods, that's generally the most fun, yeah. <laughs> the, the boys' basketball season. Um, but you know what? It, it, that, that's too obvious. And the two other stories I was thinking of is one is the Seymour girls softball team, long, long uh, reign as one of the best in the state. This season in particular went on to NBL and then state championships, national ranking like, like the Sacred Heart boys had. But what makes it so special, this is what you love about this job, is that the pitcher and catcher for Seymour, and I'm sorry I didn't do any studying. The name suddenly escaped me. Rhonda Gefford, I know, is the pitcher. Mm-hmm. They were number one and number two in their class. They're the oh, valedictorian wow. and the salutatorian. <laughs> now, let me just say, we love to celebrate victories. Yeah, uh, sure. But that's the stuff, Joel, that really is what's most important. Okay, you win games, and also you're number one and number two in your class. Come on, that's just, you can't get a better story than that. I also think this season was the culmination, too, of an amazing story for us, and that is the, the Thomaston High uh, girls, mm-hmm. have this, this senior class, have just completed the most astounding four-year run. I'm thinking it was like seven state championships for this tiny little school buried in the Litchfield Hills. Last year they won field hockey in the fall. Yep. Um, they did not repeat as basketball. They did not repeat as softball. But what they did over the past four years is silly, absolutely silly for that little, for that little school, and, and they deserve our credit. Um, and lastly, I will finish with one kid that I wrote about last fall that may be one of the most inspirational kids I've ever met. This is a young girl from Torrington who mm-hmm. attends Oliver Wolcott Tech, Morgan Rubino. She plays volleyball, she plays basketball, she plays softball. Now, of course, we all know that Wolcott girls are not, don't scare anybody on the athletic field. Sure. This girl, going into her junior year, has had three open-heart surgeries. The most recent was just a matter of months before the fall season began last year. Wow. She was, she was born with, with uh, the veins and the arteries that feed the heart were reversed, so the Blood flow was always going in the wrong direction, and organs weren't getting the right oxygen. And, and she was given a 5% chance of survival when she was born. She had open-heart surgery four, at four days. Ugh. She's going to have to have open-heart surgery once every eight to ten years to go back in and tweak her heart. And you sit there and you talk to this kid who thinks, but this is what? What's the problem? Why are we doing a story <laughs> about me? I'm just a kid who plays high school sports. You know what, Joel? I don't care who wins and who loses and what safe out, bad calls, good calls. That, to me, was one of the great moments, the great stories. You know, I have a hard time even keeping it together when I'm trying to interview a kid like this. Yeah. And if there's one thing from last season, that's it. That's number one. That's uh, just one of the great reasons and one of the great kids that we get a chance to – rub shoulders with, rub, rub elbow, whatever it is, brush up against during uh, doing our job. So. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that's a great, uh, great cross-section uh, that you give us there with obviously the, the team with all of the, the on-court success, and that was such a kind of fun 
story to follow throughout the year. And then the, the Seymour girls and the Thomaston, as you said, uh, I, I think it's, we, we've gotten so used to seeing Thomaston in state finals. It's sort of strange to not to think that how, you know, sort of exceptional it is, you know, that they've just become a, a commonplace feature in our, uh, our state championships. And then the, the last story, as you mentioned, that's uh that's a remarkable, remarkable thing. So encourage folks to to go back through the the Waterbury Republican American archives and uh, check out all those stories that Joe talked about. And uh, we'll let him get back to breakfast, but uh, he carved out a few minutes for us, and we're very grateful. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joel. With us now, Frankie Graziano of CPTV Sports. We love reaching out to him, getting their uh, perspective. They do such a great job keeping tabs on things in the in the high school sports venues for us. Frankie, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, CPTV Sports doing a wonderful job telling some of the stories of, uh, of high school sports and giving great coverage throughout the year. So we thought we wanted to uh, get in touch with Frankie as one of our, uh, one of our esteemed guests to, uh, to hear what some of his favorite stories were from the past year. So Frankie, what, uh, what jumps to mind uh, for you when thinking back to the 2015-16 high school sports season and some of the stories or games or moments that really uh, kind of captured your fancy this year? Well, in our uh, partnership with you guys, we're so lucky to be able to bring our viewers, you know, the best moments. It's the championships, right? So anytime somebody wins a CIAC final, our job is to showcase the best of the best when somebody hits a game-winning shot or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we've had some great moments this year through the basketball. Mohegan Sun's always my favorite because there are basically 10,000 people there and that great double L basketball battle we saw between Hillhouse and Weaver, uh, the most underrated play of all time, I think, uh, before overtime, Keandre Fair jumps across half-court line to make sure that Hillhouse can't make the outlet pass that would seal the game. So that game went to two overtime. Nobody talks about that great play, but Hillhouse dominated, obviously, in the second overtime. But we talk about those certain plays. Mm -hmm. That's great. But anytime somebody wins a CIAC championship, it's our job as well as your job to make sure that every single one of those kids is showcased when they go up to get their runner-up trophy and their championship trophy, and we capture the moment. So with that being said, we've got to do that all year, even independent of the championships, to make sure that we showcase the best stories. Absolutely. Our In Focus show allows us to do that. That airs Wednesday night at 7 on CBTV Sports. But my particular feature that I do inside of that is the Best in Connecticut Sports Spotlight. So you can imagine, over the last few years, I've been able to tell some amazing stories, some that are downright sad, and um, some that are uplifting, uh, Joel. But um, one that I wanted to talk about today was a story about Abigail Poirier. And Joel, just to really tie a bow on it um, from a perspective of the national sports landscape, concussions are obviously a big deal mm -hmm. nowadays, as you know, Joel. So we wanted to tell a the story from the perspective of the student-athlete, which we try to do in focus in the Best in Connecticut Sports Spotlight. So uh, Deb Spinelli, uh, the athletic director at Tortolot in um, – actually, it's Turtolot. I want to make sure I pronounce that the right way. <laughs> in uh, Thompson, uh, up in the northeast part of the state there, she had contacted us to, to tell Abby's story. And, you know, it was kind of tough for me because Abby – kind of had an idea that we were doing a story and we don't like to go in cold or anything like that but right. we also didn't want to get her nervous about some of the subject matter so i had to be delicate because abby's kind of a really an all-star 
all-state caliber athlete, and she does this in the midst of having a almost borderline severe anxiety disorder. She's cleared to play because, you know, she's not experiencing the concussion symptoms, but she, as a result of this great trauma that she's experienced, uh, three concussions that were severe through high school, mm-hmm. she has... Uh, she has to really rely on the athletic department and her coaches to make sure that they take care of her and they really counsel her throughout the day because, you know, if she has any problems and she's really anxious, she'll go and see athletic director Debbie Spinelli and, you know, her coaches really try to take care of her throughout that. But it's, it's an interesting story because we did a game back in 2000 and I want to say 2012 um, in our first year or two of existence, uh, actually it was 2013, sorry, and it was East Hampton against Turtle Lot in a basketball game. Mm-hmm. And that actually proved to be the day where it was Abby's serious concussion number two. Mm-hmm. And she was out for a whole year. And, and, you know, we had the footage because we did the game, but it was a tough day. She really hit her head hard. It was one of those things where you show it once to your viewers to see what happens. And once you see what unfolds on the screen, you don't want to be gratuitous and you don't want to show it again. But, you know, a couple of years removed with Abby's permission, we are able to tell a story that can serve as kind of a caution to student athletes to say, hey, try to play the game right. And if something happens to you, try to take care of yourself because they did that in Abby's case. And it's also a cautionary tale to say, you know, you can get through all that, but if you're going to suffer injuries, that's just the unfortunate part of the game. So you may have issues, you may have anxiety issues, but Abby is a case that you can go through that all, persevere it, and make it through. And truth be told, she just graduated uh, this past June, and she was the top uh, player on her team in terms of batting average and run score. She's batting over 660, and, you know, or 660, sorry. Uh, on the uh, on the softball diamond, and it's just amazing how she does this because I'm not joking about these anxiety issues. They're pretty serious. We yeah. see her walking around um, before the game. She's kind of tuned out a little bit, you know, picking up daisies in the outfield because she really is nervous. She's nervous that the cameras are there, number one, but she's nervous about her upcoming opponent. But when it comes time to dial in, she's able to, through the help of her coaches, block out everything and just get to action and do so well at it. It's, it's amazing, Joel. Yeah, that's a remarkable piece, and it was a remarkable story. Uh, it's a, a young lady who's uh, who's overcome a lot and uh, and and thriving and uh, excelling. So that was a great, great thing to see. And uh, and CPTV Sports did a great job bringing folks to uh, as we as Frankie said to uh, to our championships as well as to. Uh, all kinds of great behind-the-scenes stories throughout the year. So, Frankie, uh, as always, I know you have already turned your attention to the fall and are uh, looking at some more great coverage going forward. So uh, we thank you for offering some insights and some thoughts on some of the best things that you saw this past year. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. I saw on your linked up that, of course, uh, action continues through the summer. You guys are never going to stop. You know how the hustle is. you got to keep grinding even through the summer. That's exactly right, and we're uh, including new podcasts, so we'll hope to have this one out soon, and we appreciate it. Thanks, Frankie. Thank you. Have with us now Tom Yance of the Hartford Current. Certainly had to get in touch with Tom for his perspective on uh, the past year, and uh, thanks for being with us, Tom. My pleasure. 
came back from uh, from vacation, and now we're swinging back into it here. So we're get the the question uh, that we've been hitting folks with here, and that's just looking for the story or stories or games that uh, that really stood out to you from the past year. So you were all around the state covering uh, covering football, basketball, baseball throughout the season. What were some of the uh, the stories that really stood out to you, Tom, uh, in terms of the uh, 2015-16 season? Well, you know, uh, basketball really stood out for me because I saw some things that were very unusual, and I've been in the business quite a, quite a number of years. Um, I mean, one that stands out for me is uh, the Weaver Boys basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, when you consider that they didn't have a gym, didn't have a home court, had a gym which was maybe three-quarters of a court yep. at the Culinary Arts Institute, um, and they got all the way to the title game. It's a pretty remarkable story. I mean, this is a, the practice gym that they had, had two rims. Uh, it was probably 60 feet long. So you couldn't work on your free throws. You couldn't work on, obviously, full-court passes to, right. with a few seconds left. They didn't have a home court. They ended up playing some home games at Classical Magnet in Hartford. So every game was a road game. Every game they had to hop on the bus. But they persevered, and they got all the way to the title game, which they lost to a very fine Hillhouse team in double overtime. And, again, something that is unusual, because that is the nature of sports, is you never know what you're going to see. Yeah. Uh, 66 free throws by uh, Hillhouse in the title game. It was a double overtime game, but they took 66 free throws, made 49 of them to their credit, and, uh, and beat Weaver. But it was a, it was a nice uh, emotional story for Weaver just to get to that title game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two others that, that, again, I speak of the unusual uh, nature of these moments, uh, and again, they, they came in basketball with uh, six Point four seconds left in a semifinal game in Class L between Windsor and East Hartford. I saw a four-point play, and obviously all the coaches are saying, "Don't follow him, don't follow him, don't <laughs> yep. follow him." With it, when you have a three-point lead, Windsor fouled the East Catholic player Mark Carbone, hit the three-point field goal, got fouled. I'm sorry, they were trailing by four. Hit the free throw to tie the game, so he made he had a, hit a four-point play with 6.4 seconds left in regulation. East Catholic goes on, wins in overtime, and they proceed to go out and beat Middletown for the title game. So uh, when you don't think you've seen it, well, <laughs> again, you know, you will see it, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, and again, uh, uh, a moment for me, usually games in basketball end with, you know, game-winning plays and with a, with a free throw, with a made shot, um, something like that. But in this instance... Weaver beat Fairfield Prep on a block shot, um, and um, it was uh, it was it was pretty remarkable. It was the, the the person the player who made the block shot was Chaylen Martin blocked the shot with mm-hmm. I think it was like two seconds left in regulation for and and that ended the game. So again, that was that was pretty unusual for sure. Yeah, no question. That was a, a pretty remarkable week of uh, of semifinals. Both uh, we talked about earlier. One of our guests uh, talked about the hockey semifinals, and then they, they had a couple nights of basketball semifinal craziness as well. So, uh, and uh, encourage folks to to check out Tom's story. Uh, did a very long, in depth kind of behind the scenes uh, of the journey of that Weaver Boys basketball team at the the Hartford Current. And encourage folks to check that out. And Tom, we know you will uh, be back out there this fall on the, uh, the on the football sidelines. So we'll look forward to uh, some more great stories as we we head into another year. Thanks for being with us. 
Thank you very much. On the phone with one of our regular correspondents here on the CIAC cast and a perfect man to uh, to help us relive a little bit of the uh, the past school year, Dave Rudin of therudinreport.com. Dave, thanks as always for joining us. Thanks, John. Always a pleasure to be here. We love talking to Dave, and uh, he covers all kinds of things down in uh, Fairfield County. So, wanted to get some perspective on him, Dave. What were uh, maybe one or two of the big stories, big moments, big games, etc., that really caught your attention uh, from this past school year? Well, if we're going to talk about the FCAC and we're talking about a big game, you could be pretty certain Gary Ann was involved in it. Mm-hmm. I think the story of the school year in the FCAC was uh, Gary Ann, Gary Ann, Gary Ann. Uh, what the program did is, I, I don't remember any school doing something like this, certainly conference-wise, and I don't know about it statewide, but you just look at the past spring, and Darianne won four league championships in the course of five days. Wow. And the only reason it wasn't the uh, fifth one was because the boys' golf championships was sold the following week. <laughs> so uh, you're not talking about a school with 4,000 students. Uh, boys and girls lacrosse, everybody sort of uh, makes Darian a given or close to it, or mm-hmm. at the very least, a top competitor. But they won girls' tennis, they won baseball, golf, as I mentioned. Uh, to be able to just have that kind of excellence in such a wide breadth of sports, to me, is just really, really pretty remarkable. And then, of course, if we go back earlier in the year, we have the football team and the boys' hockey team winning uh, state championships so that we're looking at two more male major sports. I know the Darien field hockey team won championships, um, probably missing one or two that aren't on the top of my mind right here. But uh, it's just really Darien's done a special job with their program. They have a great support staff, a great youth program. The Darien athletic program has really done a lot of cool things to support the athletes at the school, and it's all privately funded. So mm-hmm. I just don't remember ever covering any, any school that is dominated like Darianne did this past year. Yeah, no, it really was. As you said, it seemed like every time you turned around, there was a, another big uh, another big win, another championship, uh, et cetera, from the Blue Wave this year, and that really was uh, one of the overwhelming stories. And as you said, uh, all throughout the year, you know, we try to not uh, – fall victim to recency bias here and, and not just focus on the spring season. They were good They were good all year long, including that uh, football championship, as you mentioned, in the fall. So, Dave, uh, we, we always love reaching out to you and, and getting your thoughts and uh, enjoy a little bit of a, a quiet time in the summer, and we'll be checking back in with you in the fall, I'm sure. Thanks a lot, Joe. Always a pleasure, and look forward to talking to you from September. Very happy to have with us, and I think the last time he was with us was a couple uh, summers ago, so we only bring him out apparently during the summer. That's something we'll have to rectify uh, going forward, but uh, Mike Fornabayo of the uh, Connecticut Post is with us to, to help us recap the year. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Very good. Thank you very much for being with us, and uh, happy to have you here to talk a little bit about uh, what, what stood out to you for the high school sports season. So we're asking uh, folks from around the state, what were the the big stories or moments or or, uh, or games that really stood out to you in the high school sports realm this past year. So what uh, what comes to mind for you when you think 2015-16 high school sports in Connecticut? Sure, yeah, and I've, I've got the weird situation where during during the high school season I'm spending a lot of time on hockey, so I'm, I'm seeing bits and pieces here and there, and mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of uh, a lot of Friday night football during during the season, and uh, just you know luck of the draw. I, I 
seemed to have a lot of uh, a lot of blowouts, and then I ended up going to Ansonia Torrington, mm-hmm. which which looked like a, a great game, a couple undefeated teams deep in the season, and you know a lot of a lot of excitement about it, and, and going up there and things looked you know great crowd, great students. You know, a lot of enthusiasm, and, and it turned into like a Tecmo Bowl kind of game, where yeah. we're 33 to nothing early, and uh, just a little disappointing there. But it was just kind of the way the football season went for me. But then, you know, getting into uh, getting into high school hockey season, uh, you know, a lot of fun with that, and especially the tournament. Uh, managed to ca- catch a lot of uh, a lot of really good games in the tournament, and uh, you know, I think to uh, to Fairfield Prep uh, beating Xavier in the, in. Uh, in the Division One tournament, one to nothing. Uh, you know, just a great defensive game by a team that, uh, you know, that wasn't sure what it was going to have defensively at the start of the year, and just played, you know, an outstanding, excellent game. And then uh, going on to, you know, to meet Darian in the final, and, and Darian coming up, uh, coming up big again for the second year in a row, and, and repeating. You know, not uh, not the usual thing for a public school, but they've they've put together quite a program there, and then that's been uh, been pretty impressive. And you know, then even Division Two, II, Division Three, uh, Jake Foss for Fairfield. You know, a kid who, you know, at, before the season wasn't sure if he was going to play high school hockey or if he was going to play junior, what he was going to do. And then he comes, he comes back and and uh, and you know, really helped that Fairfield team be, be one of the, you know one of the best teams in the state most of the year, beating yeah. very good Division One teams, and then and then winning, uh, you know, winning the championship in overtime against a very good another very good North Brantford team that uh, you know that could have easily pulled it off and actually was, was dominating for stretches in that game and even division three i mean uh you know stanford west hill in that first year you know how was that co-op going to come together Two, you know two teams that didn't like each other when they were separate and <laughs> absolutely and putting them together how was that going to work and it worked very well apparently beginning you know, winning winning a championship over over staples that had uh you know, I think that might be the the game I most remember is that back and forth game that they had with Woodstock Academy in the semifinals at, at Yale. You know, just you know, it was uh, back and forth and back and forth, and you know, Woodstock a team on the rise and Staples strong as well, and that going to overtime and then winning on a shorthanded goal that was something else. I happened to be at Staples a couple of weeks ago, right before their graduation, and they uh, they uh, they did a video. You know, it, it was the uh, the baccalaureate. Uh, ceremony mm-hmm. they had, you know, at the auditorium. They had a video going of some of the highlights, and I think that uh, that hockey semifinal might have got the biggest cheer of all. <laughs> right, them, them and Hannah DeBalfi, right, uh, right back to back. That was that was that's not a not a uh, not a bad combination. Absolutely not. Yeah, and I think there is, uh, you know, it, it's certainly the the basketball championships that weekend get a lot of attention, and is a it's a big event for us, obviously. But the, I think the hockey may have uh, had the the most thrills that that whole week at Yale. It seemed like every game came down to the wire or was uh, or was a, a heavily contested contest. So yeah, we uh, it, seemed like, yeah. it seemed like there were lots of great stories, and as you said, a lot of great uh, championship teams from your area that uh, that came through this year at uh, at Ingalls Rink. So we uh, certainly don't want to uh, forget about all the good action that we saw during the winter season. And uh, Mike, we won't uh, we won't wait another summertime. I don't think before we uh, we bring you back in, but we appreciate you with some. Uh, some thoughts and helping us uh, keep track of all the great things that happened this past year. Thanks for being with us. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Very happy to have with us now a gentleman uh, very well known around the high school sports landscape in Connecticut, Joe Zone of Channel 3 WFSB, uh, I think actually joining us for the first time, surprisingly. So, Joe, thanks so much for being with us. Great to be here. 
So we've been asking this question of all of our folks, and certainly Joe is uh, is out there in the field and, and back in his studio and getting all kinds of great stories and seeing all kinds of great games and, and everything like that. So we just wanted to, to reach out and, and, and get your perspective on what were some of the, the stories or highlights or games that really stood out to you from this past year. Well, yeah, I mean, there's still, to me, the, the highlight of, of the sports season, and maybe it's recent, is, is you know, the, the weekend at the Mohegan Sun with – the basketball, it seems to me that each year that uh, we've been there, the crowds are getting a little bit bigger, um, a little more enthusiastic. Uh, the schedule works fine. It, 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 it really does have a big-time feel to it. And uh, that's, you know, it's Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's, the, it's certainly the one weekend event. You know, we work a few. You know, the high school football season comes to mind, obviously, and then all the spring sports. But that's the one that that I really get a kick out of, and you got to be on, you got to be there, and uh, it, it just seems like it's getting better and better. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, any uh, any sort of uh, – I know you guys obviously tell a lot of good stories uh, sort of behind the scenes and try to feature any, you know, some interesting athletes and interesting stories along the way. Any, uh, any that particularly spring to mind from this past season? Well, you know, John – does so many good ones. He's out there doing, um, you know, features, and they're almost always on uh, on the high school athletes. And mm-hmm. you know, he's won several awards for them. And so there, there'd be, I can't think of one that I says, you know, wow, that one was just extraordinary and and, and drinks out. I, I just, you know, the whole high school thing. And you know, we cover UConn and we cover the Patriots and the Giants, but it's 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 covering that high school beat and being with those kids and those coaches. And watching them, I got a real kick this year out of watching um, Newington basketball with uh, you know their uh, their young star there, the junior, very exciting player. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of a lot of cool stories uh, out there, and, and so I, it's hard for me to pick out one. I got to because each one kind of melts <laughs> into another one. That, sure. But there's just you know every and we, you know the the Southington softball story with uh, with their coach was very exciting this year, and you know. Cheshire's undefeated season, and as I go back and forth now and start thinking about so many of these uh, events that we've covered, and I got to be honest, even as we're looking uh, ahead now, I'm looking forward to uh, how the new score management rule is going to play out in uh, in football this year, and then beyond that, the uh, the talk about changing the basketball basketball schedules around so that the, you know the leagues are you know separating out the the schools of choice and how, how you guys are going to do that. Those are all things, even now in, in July, I'm already starting to think and look forward to some of that stuff. Yeah, no question. It, it does, and, and as you said, it's funny how the stories and the all the great uh, teams and championships kind of blend together this time of year from the from the previous year. But uh, you guys do a great job covering it, and we know uh, the passion is there certainly for high school sports with uh, with you and John Holt at uh, at Channel Three. So we appreciate uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes to to relive some of those uh, fun moments from this past year with us. Hey, it's always great. Anytime, like I said, anytime uh, I feel like. Uh... I'm detached when you're not talking about high school kids. You know, you feel like you're a little detached from everything. And so it's, uh, it's, I kind of look forward to when we get going again. And uh, another what, practice starts next month. That's it. It's coming up faster than you know. Thanks, Joe. We're very happy to have with us uh, Mary Albo, who uh, worked for the New Haven Register and is now doing her, her writing at uh, diestat.com, covering uh, track and field and cross country, and has done such a good job keeping tabs of, uh, of high school sports for us. Haven't had Mary with us for a little while, but very happy to have her back with us. Thanks, Mary, for being here. 
Of course, happy to be back. Always, uh, always good to have her. She responds to my emails prompter than more promptly than just about anyone else that I try to get in touch with for <laughs> interviews. So that uh, that is why one of the reasons that uh, we bring her on so often, but also because she does a great job uh, in particular keeping tra- tabs on track and field and cross country uh, in Connecticut. So Mary, uh, we'll we'll open it up to you. A uh, question we've been asking everybody: What are maybe one or two stories that sort of stand out to you from this past year that are kind of the the big ones for you uh, looking back at the uh, 2015? 16 high school sports season yeah i think i'm um, just kind of diving right into it you know every year after year you know the torch seems to be passed for the next great distance runner and this year cross country indoor outdoor you really saw brian mcmahon's eric vanderell um establish himself as that next national connecticut name mm-hmm. you know taking the torch from alex osberg and you know, he was just really fun to watch um, this year in cross-country and outdoor track. But kind of the memory that really stood out to me and something that was very rare that I believe he was the first um, male or female athlete ever to do was at the State Open at the indoor track. He completed a rare triple, winning the 800, 16, and 32. Mm-hmm. And at the State Open, that's a pretty incredible <laughs> task to do considering those events are not back-to-back, but get much of a rest. And he won all three of those events, and he was the first runner to ever do so. He scored 30 points, um, propelled the Senators into a runner-up finish at the State Open, and that was just really a testament to not only his heart drive for the sport and just a really a team effort. He wanted to win that State Open title. You know, getting second place um, was historic for the Senators after, you know, not faring too well at the State Open before, and it was just incredible to watch, you know, one person win all these events that are very, very taxing on the body, so <laughs> that was really incredible to watch him do that. Yeah, no, it did seem like, as you said, the the torch, and it seemed like he really kind of burst onto the scene, obviously has been around and has been successful, but really kind of made this uh, his year in uh, in track and field and cross country, and I know the, the a lot of folks who were there that day just... Uh, couldn't stop talking about uh, Eric at the indoor track and field championships. So, uh, anything else that uh, that stood out to you from uh, from 2015-16? I think we'd be remiss not to talk about Hannah DeBalzi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just kind of the legacy she left. You know, I don't want to say people took it for granted, but it's going to be weird not seeing her on the trails and on the track next year. You know, she was kind of a figure that just seemed to be around forever almost. Yeah. Um, but. She's done. She's graduated. She's, she'll be at Stanford running. Um, but, you know, just what she accomplished in general. She was the first runner ever in New England history to win um, two, to win three, um, actually four, indoor two-mile titles. And then she won the New England cross-country title. And just kind of what she was able to accomplish. Um, on the flip side of that, it was really neat to see um, – at the State Open in New England meet, um, a runner who's been running with Hannah DeBalzi and then another great runner, Danae Rivers. Um, that was Jessica Jopp. She was able to beat Danae Rivers um, in the 1600 and then beat Hannah DeBalzi in the 32 at New England. And it was really neat to see that she was able to rise to the occasion and develop. And that's just another testimony to the great caliber of distance running and where track and field has gone, these, all these runners pushing each other to new heights and onto that national stage. And it's been neat to watch that development throughout the years. 
No question, yeah. And as you mentioned, some uh, some folks getting some attention there at the uh, the championships. And and you also said, you know, it's interesting with tra- track and cross country. These you know athletes can make such an impression as freshmen that it does feel like they've they've been around for a long time because we get to see them throughout their uh, their high school careers. And uh, we'll definitely uh, those folks have left an impressive legacy. So Mary, as always, right. you do such a great job keeping track of uh, the comings and goings of track and field and cross country. Now at uh, diestat.com, fans can find her work there and uh we're always happy to have you on with us thanks so much for for carving out a few minutes to uh to recap the year with us of course thanks joel continuing our year in review and we're very happy to have with us a first time uh guest on the cic cast uh surprised when i looked back through the archives and saw that eric dobratz the weekend anchor at uh news 8 wtnh had not been with us before so we're happy to uh to bring him in to to help us recap the 2015-16 season eric thanks for being with us my pleasure, Joel. It's always fun to hook up with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. You guys uh, did a wonderful job this past year, as you do uh, every year, kind of helping us keep tabs on high school sports and doing a lot of great high school sports coverage. So wanted to, uh, to reach out to you and see if there were any stories or, or games or moments that really stood out to you from this past year. What kind of jumps out at you as you uh, turn your gaze back to the 2015-16 high school sports season? Well, obviously the championships that you guys put on all all year long were, were highlights for us. But the uh, the one story that really jumped out to to John and I was the story of Doug Caliendo, who, if you're not familiar with it, he was the Notre Dame high school senior hockey player who scored a game winning goal in the after the evening that his father passed away. Yeah. So it was uh, his father Lou had been battling cancer for a while. His head coach, Tim Belcher, had told us about it a couple months, that it was a real struggle for Doug, and it was one of those things we were just, you know, trying to keep an eye on and monitor, and it wasn't anything we had shared with anyone, but, you know, just we were just following the team like we do all teams, and and then, um, so, the really interesting part of the story, a little background, that day was signing day, I think it was February 3rd in Connecticut, so we're Mm -hmm. running around on a usual day, you know, trying to get to as many places as we can where people are signing their national letters and intent for football. Right. And I, that day, I was covering the UConn football team. Uh, Bob Diaco was having a press conference at 4 o'clock up in East Hartford at Rensselaer Field. So I ran up there, and it was a horrible day. It was pouring rain. It was just an awful weather day. So that was kind of the last stop of my tour. Right. But John Pearson, who was anchoring the 6 o'clock news that night, said, I'm going to go over to the Notre Dame-Northwest Catholic hockey game in West Haven at Benarink at 4 o'clock. And for those of you who are not in the TV business, when you cover a 4 o'clock game and you have a 6 o'clock broadcast, <laughs> I mean, it's cutting it pretty close. So right. we usually go to those games for about an hour. And the reason we were going was because we knew Doug's dad had passed away in the morning, and Tim Belcher, the coach, told us Doug's going to play in the game because it's what his dad would want. Mm-hmm. So John went to the game, and when he left, I believe it was 2-1, to one, and Notre Dame was losing. And so John gets in the car, and when he gets in the car, uh, one of our photographers who was working for the news department calls us and says, hey, they told me I can work with you guys. Where do you want me to go? And so John had said to me, should we send them to Notre Dame? And, and we were kind of like, well, it's two to one. They're losing. But for some reason, both of us just thought it was important to go back. You know, just what if Doug had scored a goal? Just to be safe, let's send them over there. So right. J.P. Coleman, who was our photographer, he's originally from Hamden, played hockey all of his life, and actually played with Doug's father, Lou, <laughs> growing up in Hamden. So JP went over to the game and started shooting the game video for us. And he texted John and I and said, it's 2-2. This game's going to overtime. We're like, oh, my God, thank God we went. 
And then he called us frantically about 15 or 20 minutes later, literally screaming into the phone, telling us that Doug Caliendo had scored the game-winning goal to win the game for Northwest for uh, Notre Dame to beat Northwest Catholic, and it just it sent shivers down the spines of John and I because just you know someone who lost a father I could totally relate to that. And sure. To play in a game like that and to score the game-winning goal, and there's just so many like kind of six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Our photographer was there. He played with his dad. We were the only TV kid. in this day and age. And you can totally relate to this, Joel. I mean, everyone has a phone. Sure. Everyone has a phone, and everyone's usually recording video or. So many different media outlets are out there. The only people that have the goals in that game is News 8. We were J.P. Coleman got the game-winning goal. No one had their phone on. The only piece of video exists is the video we shot, which makes it extra special just because we were able to share it with Doug. And I remember when he called us and said he got the game-winning goal. You know, obviously after the game, Doug was Doug was pretty shook up and he didn't want to talk. We talked to the coach, talked to all the players, and mm-hmm. and that. An hour after JP got back to the station, I got on the phone. I called ESPN, some friends I have there. I said, listen, you guys are doing a Sports Center top 10 tonight. The video we have is better than any piece of video you'll have all night. Yeah. And so we shared it with ESPN. I called some people at Good Morning America, and I said, we've got the best sports story in the country right here, right here in New Haven County. Yeah. So we told all those national media outlets, and it took off from there. And I just, I mean, for Doug, going through such a tough time with his family and you know, losing your dad, scoring the game-winning goal, and then it just took off from there. Doug was invited to the, the New York Rangers game uh, about a month later, was honored. And on the Diamond Vision, they played the goal of him beating Northwest Catholic, winning the game. And uh, the goal of the game he was at that night, the Rangers won in overtime on a goal by a defenseman. And then Doug got to go in the locker room and meet him. So it just kind of was a really cool experience. It was just one of those little things that, you know, when you cover high school sports like we all do, it just it, it pays off. Those are the things that you. I mean, I'll never forget in the 25 years I've been involved in the media. I'll never ever forget that yeah. that that February 3rd when Doug scored that goal and just it was just so special. And there's so many memories out there, but that's one I don't think I'll ever forget in my career. Yeah, no, that's uh, I certainly uh, you know I I had a lot of things in mind when uh, when I came up with this idea, but that uh, that story in uh, in early February was certainly high on the list that I was hoping somebody would uh, would would talk about and, and bring up. And as you said, you guys did a wonderful job. Uh, although some some uh, some good fortune in there, some luck, some timing, and uh, all kinds of good stuff got you guys there. And uh, and as you said, we're able to share that uh, incredible story and uh, just a, a real courageous kid and a hopefully a, a moment that. Uh, brought a little joy on a very sad day. So we uh, we really appreciate it. I know from our office, uh, we thought it was great to, to see it get the kind of coverage that it did and uh, the good work that you put in. So we uh, we appreciate it, and we appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes out of your vacation to uh, to join us for the first time on the podcast. So, uh, Eric, we'll uh, enjoy the summer, and uh, we'll be all be right back at it again in the fall. Appreciate you taking some time for us. It'll be here before we know it, and we can't wait. Thanks again for uh, having me on. I appreciate it, and I'll see you along the way. Thanks, Eric. Joined now by Scott Erickson of the Stamford Advocate. Very happy to have him along with us here to uh, to help us continue our our review and recap of the 2015-16 season. Scott, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joel. Very happy to have him along, and we're uh, we're diving in here. So let's uh, we'll ask you the question we've been asking all of our folks, and uh, and get right to it here. When you look back at the 2015-16 uh, school year and the high school sports scene, what are some of the the stories or moments that stand out most to you? I think the one that stands out the most to me is not a specific game or anything, but just what Darien High School was able to accomplish this year. Yeah, uh, they won 
nine FCI championships out of a possible 27. That's a third of the FCI titles. They won a lot of state championships, football, uh, girls ice hockey, which is not CIAC, uh, girls lacrosse, field hockey, boys lacrosse. It was an unbelievable run for this group, and especially this senior class, the likes of which I don't think I've ever seen before. Yeah. Um, you had a girl in uh, Chandler Kirby who won, in her career, 13 total championships. <laughs> I mean, she, they took a picture of her with all the medals just draped over her arms. <laughs> uh, and to have success in, in one sport, you know, we know Darianne's very good at lacrosse. Um, and then this year they won the FCAC baseball championship as right. well. So, uh to be that good at that many sports really speaks to the entire program they have there, all the youth programs they put through. And then they were putting out kids like, also like a Mark, Mark Ivanchik, who was Gatorade Player of the Year in football, uh, Connecticut State Player of the Year for the second year in a row in boys lacrosse, uh, was a national All-American in lacrosse, uh, won FCI can State Championship in football, and won the FCI can State Championship in lacrosse, and didn't lose a game his senior season. <laughs> it's just, it was an unbelievable run for Darien Sports, and uh, they deserve uh, credit for that as a whole, I think. And that's what I'll look back on this season the most and remember is just that Darien was there in, in every single sport. Yeah. Uh, and even boys soccer, they lost in the double L final. You know, they were right there. Yeah. Uh, girls soccer had a good run. Um, I don't remember it, and you know people have been around a lot longer than me, but to see one school that dominant in so many sports, I, I don't remember it. Um, the other thing that that was a story I wrote about a kid from West Hill, uh, Aaron Pettiford, uh, he has a disease, and I might mispronounce it, but it's called focal glomacul cirrhosis, uh, okay. which is a chronic kidney disease. Mm-hmm. Um, so before the football season, he went on – the transplant list at Yale to get a transplant, but he didn't tell his coaches or anyone that he was even having this problem. So he was at practice and he'd have to come out every once in a while, you know, especially in the early season when it was really hot and his coach thought he was kind of dogging it. And then one day the kid comes up to Frank Marcuccio, who's the coach at West Hill and says, uh, I'm not going to be at practice tomorrow. I have to go to to Yale New Haven. And he says, why? He goes, oh, I'm going on the kidney transplant list. (laughs) He says, what are you talking about? And then he found out this kid just wasn't telling anybody. Oh, you know, his family obviously knew and, and stuff like that. But he had never told his coaches or anyone, never complained about the thing. Um, he played a full football season. Uh, he was a backup on the basketball team. Um, and he's still on the list and still waiting for a, for a donor to, to donate a kidney. Um, but just an incredibly tough, tough kid. Um, and I think that what he was going through is, is what's great about young athletes that you can persevere through so much stuff off the field, uh, and come on this field. And he always said that playing football was like a oasis for him, you know, after he's dealing with all those problems, you know, he said, you know, I have the football in my hands. I have no worries. And this kid was a running back and he's like five, six, (laughs) 150 pounds or something. And I said, are you scared when you play football? I guess I'm not scared when I play football. Because I have a life-threatening disease, yeah. you know, a linebacker who weighs 250 pounds is nothing for me. Yeah. Um, so I, that was a great story for me, and, it, and, and it, uh, I hope it ends well for, for Aaron because he was a really nice kid. And um, yeah, those are the two things: Darian athletics dominance, and then an Aaron Pettiford story, 
will really stick with me when I look back on this this last school year. Yeah, no, they were both outstanding. Encourage folks to uh, to take a look. If you uh, you look for uh, Scott's uh, archives at the Stanford Advocate, you can find that story about Aaron, and it was a great one, and certainly one that uh, deserves some rereading. And as you said, the the Darien, you know, I think maybe the rest of the state is just sort of used to their you know level of success, and uh, and it's hard to sort of see sometimes that it really goes beyond kind of their normal level and that it uh, was at an exceptional uh, level this year. So lots of good stuff there. And uh, yeah, it really was a, a memorable season for that school as well. So Scott, we, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, they, they get dismissed sometimes as being a school. They have a lot of money. Their programs have a lot of money, but these kids had to go in the off season and, and work yep. just like the kids from Southington and Middletown and everywhere else do. Mm-hmm. They have to go put in the work to be good at these sports. It's It's not just about, having resources and money. Though they don't help. They don't hurt, sure. certainly. Sure. But, <laughs> but lots yeah. of towns have resources and money. Yeah. No. Um, it, it, it speaks to the level of dedication of the coaches and the kids and um, really is remarkable with yeah. what they accomplished yeah. this year. No, nothing is, nothing is a given just with the resources. So they, uh, they, right. yeah. they put in the work to be uh, outstanding, and they were, in fact, this year. So, Scott, we, uh, we appreciate it and uh, enjoy a few, uh, few quiet weeks during the summer here before we ramp back up again with the craziness in the fall. We appreciate you joining us. All right. Thank you so much, Joel. We have with us now uh, Jimmy Zanor of the Middletown Press, and uh, always like to bring Jim in to get a little perspective. Does a great job covering that part of the state. Jim, how are you today? I'm doing great, Joel. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and uh, enjoying this little nostalgic look back at the 2015-16 uh, season, getting a lot of uh, good memories talking to folks. So want to uh, turn it over to you now. What are, what are some of the things uh, that you've seen or, or some of the biggest stories that really stood out to you from your, uh, from your perspective uh, from this past school year in high school sports? Um, it's always fun, Joel, when, you, when you're covering teams, uh, local teams, and um, they make it to championship games. Right. Um, and this year we, we had three area basketball teams make it up to the Mohican Sun Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just tremendous. We had the Cromwell girls um, who capped a perfect season with a championship win up there. Um, they had an amazing year. It just seemed every night, uh, whether it was a 1,000-point score from Maya Villard or Coach Kelly Margaret in her 200th win, right. uh, something was going on there. Um, winning the Shoreline Championship, um, but then seeing them cap a perfect season up at the Mohegan Sun was great. Uh, we also had the Middletown boys made mm-hmm. a run this year. Uh, they got back to the state final for the first time since 1994. Um, you know, Middletown has a great basketball history. Um, they've won seven state titles over the years. Um, they won a terrific overtime game against Newington in the semifinals. Yep. Uh, that was a great game, um, one that I remember. And, and to see them play up in, up in Mohegan was great. They didn't win the game, but I, I think they're going to be back there the next next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then our third area team was the Coggin Shark Boys. Yeah, um, They were kind of a Cinderella team. Um, you love seeing them going up to Mohegan for the first time. Um, Coach Todd Selwood did a great job with them. and uh, They lost in the class's final, but that was another memorable run for them, um, one that I'm going to remember. And then, of course, when we get up there, there was all the controversy swirling about schools of choice and, <laughs> and parochial schools. They won three out of the four boys' games, and, and uh, that just kind of added to the atmosphere up there. 
yeah. So no. that's kind of what I remember from the from the season. Yeah, no, it certainly was. Uh, it seemed like uh, every time we turned around that semifinal week, another school from your area was making a making a good run uh, into the into the tournament and uh, and and getting earning their spot up there at Mohegan. So we uh, we appreciate you. Uh, throwing the uh throwing the mirror back there and, and letting us look back and see some of that and some of those good runs that those those teams uh were able to enjoy and uh we know you'll be busy come fall time and uh and bringing more great stories to us from you uh, from the schools in your area so we thanks uh, thank you very much for joining us oh you're welcome joel it's always good to hear from you that is a wrap. Thank you so much. All 16 of those folks uh, t- taking a little time to just uh, had to do a lot of arranging just for a quick phone call. So I really appreciated all of them taking the time uh, to chat with me. It really was a lot of fun. And as I said, you sort of forget a lot of these things as you go through the school year. And uh, I do think there's a little bit of tendency from everyone to kind of focus on uh, the spring and maybe back to the winter. We uh, hope we didn't give too much of a short shrift to the fall season, but had a few stories from the fall that people mentioned there. So Either way, as I mentioned, we're going to try to create, put up a few links to some of those stories. Probably aren't going to hit all of them, but you'll be able to find those on CIACsports.com. All kinds of good stuff, as always, CIACsports.com. Keep track of everything there. All the fall schedules are posted. You can keep track of what's happening uh, with all those uh, your favorite teams as we go forward. Again, follow us on Twitter at CIACsports, Facebook.com slash CIACsports. I know high school students don't use Facebook anymore. This is what I've been told. But uh, get your parents to follow us. We don't have nearly enough uh, likes and friends on Facebook there for the CIAC Sports uh, Facebook account. So all of that being said, thank you so much for being with us. This was a lot of fun recapping the 2015 16 season with all of the the help from our friends covering high school sports around the state. We will be back with another summer uh, podcast episode. Don't quite know what we're going to talk about, but uh, hit us up on Twitter or uh, email CIACcast at CASCIAC.org if you have suggestions of things you'd like to hear us talk about. With all of that said, once again, I'm Joel Cookson. So thrilled you stuck with us through uh, that very, very long podcast. Hope you enjoyed it and hope you'll be back with us again for another edition of the CIAC Cast. <laughs>